Hey there, I'm John Harwood, host of CNBC's Speakeasy podcast. In this edition, a conversation with the man fighting to protect the House Republican majority against the blue wave that Donald Trump's presidency has set off. He's Congressman Steve Stivers, an Eagle Scout and Iraq War hero who now chairs the House Republicans' midterm election campaign. We sat down over pizza at the Ale House in Lancaster, Ohio, near Columbus. Everyone seems to agree you've got the toughest job in politics right now. Uh, it's a tough job. Tell me. Tell but me I feel it. good. Mm-hmm. Historically speaking, when the president and the House are of the same party, the House should lose about 30 seats. We have a 23-seat majority. That makes it tough. But the good news is we have our best candidates in our toughest races. 23 of them just last year in 2016 won an election in a district where Hillary Clinton also won. Uh, We had more retirements than I would have liked. We had more special elections than I would have liked. But the special elections allow us to be Mm battle-tested. You have an extremely strong economy now. Is the reason that Democrats are on offense and have a good chance, is that something that you guys have done? Is it something Trump has done? We have known their side is excited since January, since the day after the inauguration last year when we saw a giant protest march in Washington. But we have a great economy, and I think that's why we're going to defy expectations. The people who have turned away from the president and the Republican Party the most are more affluent, suburban, college-educated voters who are doing best in the economy. We've also seen that at crunch time in some of these races that you guys have been involved in, your candidates go not to tax cuts, not to the economy, but to immigration, ICE, MS-13, all that sort of stuff. Does that tell us that in this year, it's not the economy stupid? We've run ads on the economy in every single special election. But the individual candidates still have to be held accountable for their positions, and they can't run away from their positions or something that might motivate voters one way or the other. So it was a piece of our message everywhere, and it's a piece of our success. But not the, the dominant that we've, uh, I'm not sure that's true. We're selling two things. We're selling peace, and we're selling prosperity. We have security at home and abroad, safety at home and abroad, and we're selling prosperity. I think it is a dominant piece. It's one of two pieces of a pretty big puzzle. We have very low unemployment. But we've also seen that wage gains are mostly being wiped out by inflation. There's some increased investment, but mostly a function of rising price of oil. And all of the forecasters looking at the long term say, we haven't changed the long term outlook for the economy. We're still in that 2% range uh, going forward. Does that tell you that you guys didn't pass the right tax cut? I don't think uh, that uh, tax cuts themselves can grow the economy for 20 or 30 years, but they can set up a situation where there's an incentive. And what we have seen is really robust economic growth, and that's because there is investment. So the only re- way you can get to, to last 4.2% economic growth is there's been a dramatic investment. Uh, I believe it'll last longer than people think, uh, but we will, um, you know, we'll see that quarter to quarter. I think the new problem we have is we don't have enough labor supply. And we're already seeing that, and I think that is going to lead to wage increases over time here. You're right. We do have a labor shortage, and given that, 
doesn't that make it a bad idea to cut legal immigration, which the president and some in the Congress want to do? I don't want to cut legal immigration. In fact, I, I don't think the president wants to cut legal immigration. He suggested replacing the lottery with a merit-based system that would bring us people that we need in the high-tech fields and other fields. But I, I think we should bring in people in the high-tech fields. I actually also believe that when you graduate from one of the schools in my district, I have Ohio University down in Athens, the Ohio State University, all these foreign students that come here on a student visa, I think we should staple a uh, uh, work visa to their diploma because we've educated them here and then we force them to go home and compete against us, which is a silly economic so policy. So you don't agree with the president I, on cutting legal immigration? I, I believe we should uh, help people that want to come here that have skills help us grow our economy. I'm, I'm for that. Looming in the campaign's backdrop is the federal budget deficit, which is rising dramatically because of the Trump tax cuts and sparking new questions about which Americans will pay to bring it down. I asked Stivers whether rising debt means Republicans made a mistake. I don't think we did, and I think you'll see the economic growth will actually um, reduce the deficit a bit and uh, from the projected levels. And I, I think there's still an opportunity to continue that growth. No misgivings about a, a tax cut that was not paid for that's allowing debt deficit to rise like it is now? I, I do think we need to deal with our, some of our spending. I think we've got to try to figure out how to um, spend less. But I think the other thing... Entitlement, we'll Social Security, it, Medicare? Well, you know, what I think we need to do is get some people who are now on government programs that we have all these jobs. We have more open jobs than we have people on unemployment. So if we could get people to go from unemployment or a government program to become a taxpayer, it's a twofer because not only are they getting less government assistance, they probably have a better life economically and they're actually paying taxes. So right. uh, you're talking there about social security disability? Uh, I'm talking about a lot of programs. Now, a lot of those people, there's a skills gap. Right. We have to give them the skills they need for the jobs that are available today. I don't want to be, you know, mean and kick people off of programs, but the way I'd like to see us do it is in the benefit cliffs and create ramps but where you, the more you, people earn, you know, it might cost them a little more for their social subsidy, but they actually can keep their Medicaid expansion or they can keep their housing but they actually have an incentive to take that pay raise and do better and pay more taxes. Your speaker, Paul Ryan, has said the biggest spending issues are in those big entitlement programs, Medicare and Social Security, as opposed to food stamps or welfare or that they sort are. of thing. And, and um, we have 10 million people on Social Security disability now, more than actually 11 million, more than any time in history. And some of those people can't work at all, but many of those people can't work in the job they used to be in. Right. And if we gave them some training, let them keep making a portion of their Social Security disability, but put them back to work, it would be a net win for so the individual. And the, but also Social Security and Medicare, right? Social Security and Medicare, the only uh, way we're going to be able to fix Social Security and Medicare is for the two parties to come together the way that you know Ronald Reagan did with uh, Tip O'Neill and figure out how to fix them together. I hope we can do that. I believe it's retirement the right thing age. to do. I, you know, I, I think we need to come together. I think we need to say, you give a little, we give a little, and figure out how to sustain Medicare and Social Security 
into the future. The other thing on Medicare is we have to bend the cost curve on health care. Do you like the Ryan proposal on premium support for Medicare? Is that a good idea? I voted for it. I think it's a, uh, it's a way forward. It's not the only way forward. Instead of dictating the ideas that are acceptable, I'd rather work with Democrats and Republicans and say, what can we all come together to find acceptable? Taxes part of that solution? I think they. I think we have to have some change as part of that. Whether you eliminate the uh, people in the upper economic end from receiving the benefit, mm-hmm. or you have them pay more, or you index Move the wage, the there's, or, there's, yeah. there's. It has to be. It has to be part of the discussion. With an unpopular President Trump providing an election wedge for Democrats, the Republican campaign's reaching for one of its own. That's the longtime House Democratic leader who Republicans love to hate. Stivers explained how his candidates will try to use Nancy Pelosi as a weapon. Part of our job is to make this election year a choice. And ironically, Nancy Pelosi, I think in every survey I've seen, Mm -hmm. is actually less popular than President Trump. Everywhere. So Also less important. Fair point. But we need to make this election a choice, and we will make it a choice on health care. We will make it a choice on safety and security. We will make it a choice on economic policies, and I think those three things uh, matter to people. And if they don't, you know, we're going to have a long night, but I think we're going to have a great night because I think those things matter to people. Do you think that focusing hard on Pelosi poses any risk for you in a year when Women, especially college-educated women, seem to be powering the Democratic campaign. I think people know what they think about Nancy Pelosi, and it's not personal. It's what they think about her policies. What do you think about her personally? Uh, she's a lovely lady, personally. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, but it's the policies that she represents. Uh, she's a nice lady. We, I don't know her really well, but she's a nice lady, and she and her husband, Paul, are, are nice people. I think they're good human beings. Mm-hmm. But the policies that she stands for are outside the mainstream of America. And I think that's the point. And, you know, as far as women go, we've recruited 120 women to run for Congress as Republicans, some mm-hmm. incredible women. Democrats say if they win the candidates. House back, that most of those new Democratic seats are going to be held by women. The uh, that's game. possible. They, they've had, uh, they've got a lot of women recruits too. So, uh, you know, the good news is there'll be more women in Congress. When Democrats won the House majority and made Pelosi speaker a dozen years ago, Republican scandals gave them a boost. This year, ethical problems have Republicans playing defense once again. You've got a colleague in Ohio, Jim Jordan, who is accused by multiple Ohio State wrestlers that he coached of having ignored sexual abuse that they were experiencing. Why is it okay for him to remain in Congress, to uh, be a uh, member in good standing of the Republican caucus, to run for Speaker of the House? Well, the Ohio State University has a, a uh, investigation going on on Dr. Strauss, who apparently died a few years ago, but mm-hmm. is alleged to have abused uh, many people. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing their results. We have empathy for the victims, and as I have empathy for anybody who was victimized um, in a sexual harassment way or 
a sexual assault way. Based on what's on the public record and who is making the allegations, are you inclined to think that this was a real thing, that this was a real uh, scandal as opposed to something that was cooked up by people who are opponents of Jim Jordan or opponents of the doctor? Well, I want to let the facts come out, and um, I know there have been some statements both ways. Most recently, there have been people who've made a statement, recanted a statement, so it's really hard with just anecdotal evidence mm -hmm. to know what's going on. If the allegations that the wrestlers have made uh, are substantiated, would that be a reason for uh, Jim Jordan to leave the Congress? Well, let's, let's let the investigation happen and the facts come out, and then we'll deal with... Uh, what the facts are as opposed to, you know, rumors and try not to deal in hypotheticals. We've also had in the Trump cabinet and in some of your colleagues in the House some pretty big scandal issues. You've had a couple of cabinet members leave. You saw your colleague Chris Collins charged with insider trading last week. How significant do you think the issue of the swamp corruption will be in this campaign, especially given the way President Trump talked about it in his 2016 campaign. Well, I, th I don't think either party has uh, some kind of monopoly on virtue or sin. Mm -hmm. You know, Shaka Fatal was a Democrat, he's in jail. Crin Brown, a Democrat, she's in jail. Mm -hmm. um, Ruben Kuhn, uh, a Democrat member from Nevada, accused of mm -hmm. sexually harassing folks and, and still a member yep. of Congress. So the one thing I will say is where we've had issues inside our Republican conference and there have been serious allegations, we've dealt with them very, mm -hmm. very quickly, and the people have moved on and moved aside. Um, Although that and, hasn't happened with Jordan. Um, well, again, it's about facts, and there have been facts in most of these others. And, right, but you said serious allegations. And, well, that's fair. Uh, I should have said facts because yeah. in a lot of these there are facts. What do you think about the Mueller investigation? Do you think it should go forward? And do you have any concern about a fall surprise that would be damaging to your candidates? Well, like most Americans, I'd like to see the Mueller investigation wrap up at some point soon. But I also want it to be fact-based, and I want them to wrap up at the right time. And I'm you don't want to. I'd rather short. not have them do something in the middle of an election that could impact an election. We all saw, regardless of which side you were on, mm -hmm. in 2016, I think we all would acknowledge the Federal, the federal Bureau of Investigations and the Justice Department played an outsized role in the presidential campaign, and I don't think that's right or fair. You won a bronze star for your service in Iraq. How do you feel about two things? Uh, one when President Trump talks about the Iraq war as a disaster that should never have happened, and two, when you look at the possibility that his campaign was engaged in conversations with uh, Russia to impact our election. I don't believe that uh, Vladimir Putin has America's best interest at heart. I still serve as Brigadier General in the Ohio National mm -hmm. Guard, and I believe they are one of our Global adversaries. I won't call them an enemy, but clearly they're an adversary. And I don't, I don't believe the Iraq War was a complete disaster. I think we made mistakes. Yeah. I think as a country, there are a lot of things that um, we could have and should have done better. A lot of great people gave their lives for uh, some really important things that happened. How do you feel for the when, the, when the current commander in chief runs down that effort? I, everybody's entitled to their opinion. You know, I, one of the reasons I. 
uh, have served in the military is I believe in the First Amendment to the Constitution. I believe in all the amendments to the Constitution. And it is, uh, it's every individual's right to say what they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't change what I believe, though. Yeah. You were also an Eagle Scout. I am, I am an Eagle Scout, yes. You are an Eagle Scout. In the same vein, how do you feel when you see this seemingly endless uh, run of allegations, porn stars, playboy models, hush money? What do you think about that? Well, it's not, not the way I live my life. There's a lot of stuff that happens in politics on Republicans and Democrats. Is it embarrassing? Some Is people live rock star lifestyles. Uh, I like hanging out here in Ohio and Lancaster, you know, at the Ale House. But yeah. uh, I'd rather uh, hang out with uh, people here than folks in Los Angeles or, or someplace that are maybe more elite. You know, I think all that stuff is embarrassing, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat. It's unfortunate. Um, You know, but I think there's great things going on, too. Joyce Beatty, who's a Democrat from Columbus and I, came together and created the Civility and Respect Caucus because, unfortunately, in our politics right now, there's a lot of vitriol and a lot of poison. And 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 the president yesterday described an African-American former aide of his as a crazed, crying lowlife and a dog. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I don't really go on social media much because I think a lot of people on social yeah, media don't. will say things that you wouldn't say to somebody's face, mm-hmm. and uh, that's why I think civility matters. And Sarah and Sanders said people, yesterday she couldn't guarantee that the president has not used the N word in conversation. Well, I think we need more people to lead by example, and that's what I've tried to do, and that's what I'll try to continue to do. As a dad, you've got kids. What do you think of the president as a role model for kids? I don't think either of the presidential candidates of the major parties were role models for my son and daughter, but I try to be a role model for my son and daughter. Uh, you know, frankly, I'm not always the best role model either. We all make mistakes, but of course. I do the best I can. Your old speaker, John Boehner, recently was giving some public remarks, and he said, you know, the Republican Party's not around right now. The Republican Party's taking a nap. What we've got is the Donald Trump Party. Do you ever sit there and think, we've lashed ourselves to somebody who's not so great for us in the long run. The voters decide who gets the nomination, and the voters decide who gets to be president. Mm-hmm. And um, and the voters did decide. I think um, the president has some good qualities. He is uh, making things happen. None of us are perfect, but uh, elections are choices. And the reason I feel confident we're going to win this November is because... We're the better choice. Well, that's it for this edition of our Speakeasy podcast. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And leave your review and comments because we care about what you think. Talk soon.